1: it is and welcome back wednesday april 13th 2022 about the shooting in new york city yesterday someone today pointed this out on twitter shooter was known to fbi shooter escapes and no one can find him mta cameras down on subway platform and apparently the thousands of cameras deployed in and around new york city couldn't track his movements like they do everyone else's but nothing problematic here this is a perfectly testified example of what I was speaking of yesterday when the government relinquishes all of its fundamental basic first priorities and instead absorbs itself and its time and effort with non-constitutional and non-essential duties. The basics and fundamentals fall and fail. Mayor Adams of New York has spent the last several weeks defending keeping two to five-year-olds in masks. He tweeted out, quote, every decision we make is with our children's health and and safety in mind, close quote. Now keep in mind in the entire state of New York there are about two point five million children under the age of ten. How many over two years and running died from COVID? thirty in the whole state. One one thousandth of a percent of children under ten have died from or with COVID in New York. To give you an idea of how small that number is, five times that number of children died in drownings across the entire country. But mayor every year, every year. But Mayor Adams is focused on that one one thousandth of a percent of a problem that masks. By the way, probably won't solve in any event. Is it to protect adults? Are we targeting children to save adults? We can come back to that. But that's not the only thing Eric Adams has been busy with. In January, he stated, "Quote." I believe that New Yorkers should have a say in their government, which is why I have and will continue to support this important legislation. I look forward forward to bringing millions more into the democratic process, close quote. What legislation? What millions more? Non-citizens. He and the city council have given non-citizens the right to vote in New York City. We can't have security cameras working or cops in the train stations or outside of them. Meanwhile, Over 40% of fourth graders cannot read in New York City. But we shall work on nonsense that will have nothing but baleful effects. What effects? Well, aside from rising crime and embarrassing inabilities to arrest it, much less prevent it, we will now give people with zero connection to this country outside of their presence in it a right to vote, and we shall put face coverings on children too young to understand why, as if they were women in Kabul or Riyadh or Tehran. Oh, but New York City does do one thing you won't find in any of those cities. It funds drag queen story reading hour at the public libraries for children aged three to eight. This just doesn't seem to be the New York City of recent yore, does it? Well... It isn't the America of recent yore either. How was a man on the loose who made multiple public videos trying to instigate a race war known to the FBI, able to get on a train in New York City or a subway, shoot fellow citizens and then escape to the point where he was at large until just several hours ago with no cameras working to capture it and evidently no police there or on the street to arrest it before or after the fact and no New Yorkers who would give chase to or tackle this assailant whose gun had stopped working. This isn't Flight 93, America. It's not even Ground Zero 9-11, America, anymore. It might be Kitty Genovese, America. I'll return to that. Meanwhile, let's make clear what this alleged shooter was about, because it clearly was nothing so bad as what Donald Trump was doing and saying to get him banned. From social media, for no social media censors thought the following worthy of censorship. Indeed, as of this morning, it was all still up and available. I turned to Byron York. Quote As it turns out, the alleged shooter has revealed a lot about his thoughts and motivations in the last several years. He is a prolific poster on YouTube, putting up about 450 videos in the last three years under the name Prophet of Truth 88. But as he described in a recent video traveling across the United States toward New York, he prefers to call himself the prophet of doom. In one video, he describes himself as, quote, full of hate, full of anger and full of bitterness. The man who is black appears to be obsessed with race and his belief that some sort of racial Armageddon, specifically a white genocide against blacks, is coming to the United States. What follows is from a rambling video he posted only three weeks ago. Quote, I can't blame people not wanting to hear what I'm talking about, he said. This is the Prophet of Truth channel, but I am the prophet of doom. That's what I've called myself since I've been on YouTube. So what do you want from me? Doomsday is actually about to be here. We're actually about to experience doomsday. Okay, What he meant by that was his apparent belief that white people are about to kill all black people and that the killing will begin soon. He appears to blame black people for being oblivious to the fate that awaits them. So, of course, why would you want to watch and listen to the prophet of doom, he asks on his video? Quote, I'm not mad at you one bit, but I'm going to talk about it because it has to be talked about. You need to know why we're going to die. You need to know why we're going to be destroyed. And black people have no sense of, you know what? Like hogs or cows just chewing their F word cut until you take us to the slaughter. That's what we are. Cattle waken." Waiting to be taken to the slaughter. I want this white man if he doesn't blow the you know what planet up. One thing I want him to do besides kill us, exterminate us, is to let us off to ourselves. Close quote. This is all fine on social media, particularly YouTube. Donald Trump was not. Hell, I was not. When I spoke routinely about emotional and psychiatric mental health problems that would come from targeting children in our attempts to curb COVID, YouTube banned it. Routinely. All I was saying is beware and be careful of what would be sure to eventuate. And it did. What would eventuate? David Leonhardt at the New York Times finally could not avoid the data. Quote, many children and teenagers are experiencing mental health problems aggravated by the isolation and disruption of the pandemic. Three medical groups, including the American Academy of Pediatrics, recently declared a national state of emergency in children's mental health. They cited, quote, dramatic increases in emergency department visits for all mental health emergencies, close, close quote. Suicide attempts have risen, have risen slightly among adolescent boys, but sharply among adolescent girls. The number of ER visits for suspected suicide attempts by 12 to 17 year old girls rose by 51 percent. I haven't begun to address learning loss or behavioral concerns, but I'll just leave you this quick Takeaway quote from Michael Petrilli of the Fordham Institute. He said, quote, we haven't seen this kind of academic achievement crisis in living memory, close quote. So what will be the accountability for all this? I just don't know. In New York City, I'm not going to expect the millions who have just been given the vote to throw out and hold accountable those who gave them the the ability to vote here. But one thing I cannot imagine is letting the accountability of the American Federation of Teachers and its leader, Randy Weingarten, fall by the wayside. It is the second largest teachers union in America. In the last election cycle, it gave over $10 million to Democrats. And Randy Weingarten wrote the language on school closings and keeping schools closed that the CDC used verbatim. While more than a third of U.S. high school students reported poor mental health during the pandemic, nearly half said they felt sad and hopeless. Nearly 20 percent said they had seriously considered suicide in the previous 12 months. Those who did not suffer these things said their number one reason, school and peer connectedness. So thank the American Federation of Teachers for writing the language and leading the cause that brought us all this. As we sit here and wonder how to prevent more people from becoming like the New York City gunman. Crazy. Albert Schenker was once the most famous teachers union leader in America. He even made it into a Woody Allen movie once. And he also told the truth once when he said, quote, when students start paying union dues, then they will be my chief concern. Close quote. The point. These unions are not about education. They are not about children. They are about teachers and only teachers. So if we think these teachers unions and their heads and leadership are about getting our children to read, to count, to be mentally and socially healthy, well, I like how Shakespeare put it in Coriolanus, we should not trouble the poor with begging. If you want Democratic Party talking points, if you want critical race theory in our schools, if you want school closures and mask mandates on children, if you want to use children in order to give safe spaces to adults and manipulate students, To pacify adults, then you want to elevate and give more respect and credence to Randy Weingarten and her $200 million a year budget. But you won't be enriching children, students, their lives, their learning, their mental health, or any other positive thing. Indeed, you will have more ignorance and mental health problems. Speaking of ignorance, it's not just the teachers' unions, it's our quote-unquote news organizations. The New York Times headlines a story about the shooting yesterday this way, this morning, quote, it's the only time I'm really going to use his name because it's in the headline, quote, Frank James, the man being sought by police, left troubling videos online, close quote. What was in those videos? It's a question you think the story would answer. Troubling, we're told in the headline. Guess what? The story doesn't. It just says they are racial and that they attack Eric Adams. You'd think he's a Republican from reading the story. How did Andrew Sullivan describe the story today in the New York Times? This way, quote, it's almost funny how the New York Times won't actually tell you what this person's views really are and who the targets of this hate are, close quote. I mentioned Kitty Genovese earlier, a then 1964 famous story about a woman brutalized in Queens, New York, while bystanders stood by and did nothing. Psychologists have studied this effect and called it plural ignorance, roughly described Plural ignorance is when a majority of group members privately reject a civilizational norm. But at the same time, they assume incorrectly that most others accept it. The term describes a context in which no one believes, but everyone thinks that everyone believes. And people would act differently, more nobly under this theory, generally, if they were alone than in a group dynamic that dictates a different ethic think of a wilding. I can't attest as to why nobody tried to tackle this man yesterday, chase him, you name it. I can testify that a septuagenarian Holocaust survivor and professor at Virginia Tech, Liviu Labrescu, did more to stop that gruesome school shooter there back in 2007 than all the able-bodied New Yorkers put together yesterday. But I also want to warn us all about plural ignorance in our politics. I still think the vast majority of Americans are good and decent people while the vast majority of the cultural elites are not. And so long as that cultural elite is still taken seriously, the governance of New York, the New York Times, the American Federation of Teachers, etc., as, as, as long as that's taken seriously, too many will think that that is the dominant or expected or right and correct ethos and sentiment throughout the country resist it. Here's a small trick as to how. Just do the next right thing and know the difference between right and wrong. It may seem old-fashioned, but everything we're going through right now to borrow from Captain America could use a little old-fashioned right now. After all, some things just don't change. We know this in the physical sciences or used to. It should be just as true in the human and moral ones as well. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson show, 602-508-0960. I was reading about uh how uh how the uh, shooter was uh, caught today and uh, Zach Tehan is working in uh, in uh Queens, I think it was. Was it in Queens? Yeah, I think he was in Queens. Yeah. Uh, When he saw um, when he saw the shooter as uh, as pictures of him went up, was walking by and uh, he ran up to him and ran after him and started jumping up and down and screaming. And according to the Daily Mail, onlookers thought he was crazy but claimed he ran after him while the manager of the shop he worked at, he's a security official, flagged down a police cruiser that had stopped at a red light. Hero. Hero. But let's not rely on that. It reminds me a little bit of the shoe bomber. Do you remember Richard Reed, the shoe bomber, in 2001 on a flight from, what was it, Paris to Miami? And he was trying to... To light a shoe, which I guess had the detonator in it. And a man tackled him. A man from the Netherlands tackled him and stopped it and became the hero. And our and and supposedly we were told the system worked. The system worked. Do you remember that? No, the system shouldn't have to rely on that. The system shouldn't have to rely on that. It should be able to rely... On a law enforcement apparatus that tells us if you see something, say something, which is why the shooter in New York City was interviewed by the FBI in the first place. Remember that little part of the story known to the FBI? Well, he was on an FBI watch list, but he was taken off the FBI watch list. And it's not as if this man didn't have a long Criminal record. He did. He had a long criminal record. Why was he interviewed by the FBI only three years ago to then no longer be on the watch list? You want to know what the categories are, according to Business Insider, for being on an FBI watch list? Participating in a terrorist attack, associating with a known terrorist, family member of a suspected or known terrorist. Suspected of planning a crime such as hostage situation or assassination or committing violent acts. That can get you on the watch list. This is a man with a long criminal record. The FBI interviewed him. We have over 400 videos of him talking about instigating a race war in America. And he's no longer on that watch list, just freely roaming throughout the United States. Able to escape a New York subway system. If you see something, say something. Baloney. Baloney. And while we're at it, while we're at it, let's just talk a little bit for a few moments, if we can, about what I was talking about in my monologue. You know, New York City is, as I said yesterday much more, by magnitudes further, much more prevalent in the media, and if anything happens in New York, it's as if it's happening everywhere because the New York media are based in New York. The attention given to this story, as I said yesterday, was nowhere near the attention that was given to what took place in Sacramento two weekends ago, or what took place in Oakland over the weekend, or what took place in Chicago over the weekend, all with much... Much, much larger death tolls, okay? All with much, much larger death tolls. So here's the question I have for the New York media, whether it's the New York Times or whether it's CNN or any uh, MSNBC, any of these organizations based in New York that push out the New York stories as if they are more important than anything else going on or taking place in America, even when the numbers don't reveal it. Here's the question. Are they now going to hold the mayor and the city council and the police chief accountable so that that we do get security in the public transport system, so that we do get working cameras in the New York subway system? Are they going to do that? Are they going to course correct and apologize for saying yesterday as the first thing that this was not an act of terrorism when today the Department of Justice indicted the shooter for an act of terrorism? Will there be any apologies for any of this? Will there be any rethinking any of this? Will the kids get to take off their masks in New York City? The answer to all of those questions is no, 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 and no. I want to talk more about accountability. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Seth Leibson Show. If it's 34 past the hour, we check in with John Dombrowski. He gives us our culture and economy update. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com. It's a fun, bright website, just like John. Smart, too. And he has his own radio show, also smart and fun, every Saturday morning right here at 7 a.m. at 960, The Word on Wealth. What's the good word today, John?
0: Well, I don't know. You just build me up so so well that I don't, <laughs> I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> All right, let's
1: go out with "Build Me Up Buttercup," Bill. <laughs>
2: build me up, just, Buttercup.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I actually, you know, there was another statistic. We got used to the number eight point five percent yesterday when it came to right. to inflation. Supplier prices rose eleven point two percent. From a year ago. Tell us what that means.
0: Yeah, so the CPI, the Consumer Price Index, we know that. That's the inflation that we feel at ourselves in everything we buy. But there's something called the PPI, which is the Producers Price Index. Now, this is for those manufacturers out there, Seth. These are the people that make things that we buy. And they're starting, obviously, to feel this as well, right? So as the cost of materials for these producers go up, well, then they're going to have to pass on that to us. And so these all go hand in hand, uh, and we're certainly seeing the same type of a scenario for the PPI as we did for the CPI. And um, again, hitting records that we haven't seen before, producer price index, which measures the prices paid by wholesalers, increased 11.2 percent from a year ago. And this is, again, uh, something that it's not historic like we've seen with uh, yesterday's report, but that's the highest since November of 2010. Uh, but with the c- combination of all of the other increases that we're seeing, it's just going to compound the the effect of what we're feeling right now.
1: John, um, when you say compounding the effect of what we're feeling right now, if 8.5% is what we, I guess, on the uh, consumer end of of things or the consumer side of things are kind of feeling with prices increasing, and if the producers' prices are increasing 11.2, I mean, that, that I assume, gets passed on at a certain point if businesses are to stay in business, right?
0: Yeah, and I think some of that's already been passed on okay. to us, and that's why we're seeing the cost of everything we're buying now higher because we're seeing uh, that little by little increasing or I should say a lot <laughs> increasing a lot uh, in a short period of time right uh, and this is all part of the reason because of the cost of the goods that the manufacturers are paying more for they're passing that on to us and this is these so these two numbers are correlated there's no question about it uh, and it's probably going to be here for a while as we're seeing here there's no uh, reason for this to slow down just yet, uh, until we get a handle on on the supply demand issues.
1: Steve Moore, who is someone I I like an in interview a lot, learn a lot from, uh, has three ideas on how to arrest inflation. I won't deal with all of them, but the third one, I just wonder what your thought would be on it. The Fed has to raise interest rates faster to stem this tidal wave. I don't well. Know if- that's
0: certainly is a way to do it, there's okay. no question about it. But there has to be a balance, Seth, too, right, because they can't raise it so fast that it, it starts to uh, really throw us into a recession. Yeah, I know. We could,
1: a... we could we we could could head jerk into a recession, yes, of yeah. course.
0: So uh, the Fed's talking about getting to that 2.5% by year-end. You mm-hmm. know, they just had a quarter-point raise yeah. uh, in March. So they're talking about a series of half-a-point rate hikes over the next several months. So we're going to wait and see what the Fed says. Uh, it's a it's, it's very short uh, time that we're going to know what the Fed's going to do here and if they are going to raise a half a point. Uh, and uh, that's going to give us an indication how serious they are about this. But I believe they probably will uh, raise a half a point. And I think what's, what Stephen Moore is saying is uh, also felt by many other economists out there.
1: Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Because he's identifying, you know, basically what has happened here is Americans were given a tax hike they didn't vote for. That's effectively what he's saying. And his other two points are, uh, uh, in detail, just if you're curious or if the audience is, I yeah. said there were three. It's uh, energy policy, uh, of course, domestic production of oil and gas. He also yep. suggests uh, an across-the-board uh, federal spending cut by five to ten percent. Good, good, good idea. Yeah. Good luck with <laughs> Hard that. <work>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I
0: would say this is that some uh, another report came out about the uh, current administration and the president's, uh, you know. Uh, port his support, uh, and the numbers are really looking worse and worse for yeah. him, so yeah. obviously these policies aren't working, and everybody's feeling this, uh, and so maybe that pressure will force some type of change. I that don't
1: know. pressure, or November, yes. Thank yeah. you, John you <laughs> Dombrowski. Bet. Thank you, sir.
0: Uh, Securities and Advisory Services Office of Client 1 Securities LLC, a member of Finn and Investment Advisor, Grant Canyon Planning Associates LLC and Client 1 Securities LLC, and affiliated. Thank you so much. Seth.
1: Bless you. Here's a little traveling music for you. I'm Seth Leibson, 602 960. Dion DiMucci, going strong. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602 960. Patrick is in Mesa. Thanks for your patience, Patrick.
2: Uh, thank you for taking my call, of Seth. Course. Uh, once again, I appreciate all that you're doing to educate us and help us to see reality. Oh,
1: you're very kind.
2: Uh, let you. me give a little background of what, why I uh, offered the subject I did. Okay. The Democrats play a long game. They're very adept at slate of hand and distraction, uh, distraction away from their immediate goals. It seems the Republicans are always two steps behind Mm -hmm. now my next step is the fbi has been shown to be compromised in the last few years and they're being used by democrat puppet masters in my opinion now i want to verify if i heard correctly the shooter has long been on an fbi list is that correct
1: no no he was interviewed by the fbi uh as a uh in 2019 uh because there was an issue as to whether he should be on the watch list and they cleared him of it in 2019 so he was known to the fbi he was interviewed by the fbi and they for all intents and purposes exonerated him he with a long rap sheet of course but yes
2: yeah well that leads to my next step in recent years the fbi pulled this poi person of interest in for an interview Later, despite uh, no threats by the uh, no active threats by this person, the FBI determines to drop him off the list. or in this case, as you described, they didn't put him on it. Mm-hmm. 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 All of a sudden, with no direct extenuating circumstances, this person decides to act violently. Mm-hmm. All of the media focuses attention on this. Tempest in a teacup, mm-hmm. and I say that because it should be—it is something that should be confined in New York. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Sorry about that, New York. Uh, it led my thoughts to the idea of a Manchurian candidate. Mm. Uh, perhaps I'm being paranoid, and if this type of thing were sporadic or the first time, I'd put it down as such. But it seems to be happening too often to be a coincidence. And I'd like your opinion on that. Sure.
1: Thank you, Patrick. I'm not there yet. By the way, people were sending me what was his rap sheet. Um, We have – let me give it to you. Uh, According to New York Police Department Chief of Detectives James Essig, uh, nine prior arrests in New York, including for criminal sex acts, four instances of possession of burglary tools, two instances of theft of service, Arrested three times in New Jersey for trespassing, larceny and disorderly conduct. Um, uh, It's not, to me, quite at the level of Manchurian candidate, Patrick, but it is deliberate in the sense that this is how liberal prosecutors look at criminals in their midst. Early release. Lack of prosecution, prosecutorial discretion leaning towards lack of prosecution, and of course, the kind of stuff we saw from the FBI. I mean, why not put him on a watch list? Why? Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. If Joe Biden wants us to think all of a sudden he's become tough on crime, and if the liberal democratic left in America wants us to think they're not soft on crime. How is it that you can have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of social media videos of this guy threatening a race war and predicting a race war? Here's one of the pieces. Andy No, you know who Andy No is? He's the independent journalist who um, has for years covered Antifa and gets beaten up from time to time seemingly to no one's concern uh he he went through this person's uh facebook posts now remember donald trump is not allowed there this man was nothing says <clears throat> a word i can't say on air on radio nothing says than some of these and what are there these bullets galore bullets galore now of course there's a lot of other stuff on that feed as well. A lot of other stuff, all running against Donald Trump, all seemingly supporting things like Black Lives Matter. Oh, not always supporting the left. He opposed Ketanji Brown-Jackson. You know why? Married to a white guy. Did you know that, Bill? You were nodding. You knew that. That's why he opposed her. But this is a man, obviously, with racial homicidal fantasy ideation combined with predictions of violence and admissions that he believes violence should take place, pictures and depictions of bullets telling people this is how you do it, and the president of the United States thinks the problem is ghost guns and dedicates an entire day of his presidency to going after ghost guns, which are 6 of 1% of guns used in violent shootings. That, by the way, was not a ghost gun or any number of guns that the man had. He had no, no ghost guns yesterday. If they wanted to be serious and wanted us to think they were serious, then why is this allowed to go on freely? I mean, we can have a debate about free speech in America and what the limits should be, what the contours of free speech on social media should be, But maybe homicidal ideation or fantasy shouldn't be one of them. Maybe not when you have a criminal rap sheet. It's really interesting that Facebook and Twitter can spend, I don't know how much time, but certainly enough energy to go through the tweets or the videos, someone like myself, and take it down. But let this just pass and let this just go right through. Now... I'm not saying necessarily that there's a cause and effect here. I'm not saying anything about this. I'm just saying how is this guy open and notoriously doing these things and people are scratching their heads as to, you know, as to why and making a priori statements. This certainly wasn't terrorism. As I said, he was indicted on terrorism just about 24 hours after. The new commissioner of New York City said that this is not a terror suspect. This is not a terrorist incident, which would have been about 15 hours after the mayor of New York City contradicted the New York City police commissioner. They're not serious people, Patrick. They're not serious about doing this. They're serious only about two things, two things, pushing forward the woke agenda, the progressive agenda, and as part and parcel of that being soft on crime if the criminal fits a certain narrative, if the criminal fits a certain narrative. It's not that all criminals or potential criminals or all violent people or potential violent people are treated equally in this country. And if you don't believe me, just read the New York Times right up today about what was said by this man in his social media, because you will get no clue, or Look at how the New York Times and the Washington Post and the AP described him yesterday, which would also not tell you what he looked like. The political correctness is the thing, Patrick, and it is deadly. It is deadly. We will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth and Show, portions of which brought to you by Balance of Nature, a proprietary blend of 16 whole fruits and 15 whole vegetables in one daily dose, just from swallowing some capsules. And if you don't like swallowing them, you can easily open them up. They're designed for that and sprinkle it into food or drink. What kinds of fruits? Aloe vera, cherries, lemons, pineapple, raspberries, mango, cranberries, apples, bananas, grapes, strawberries papaya, blueberries, and more. All the potent stuff. You eat all that today? You get 10 servings of fruits and vegetables in one daily dose of Balance of Nature. Check them out at balanceofnature.com. That's balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code balance. Discount code balance. I, um, I've been taking them for three years, and uh, they have kept me well and healthy. And I urge the same for you. I urge it because others who have taken it based on my recommendations either in person or through these kinds of uh, announcements have said the same to me. They love it, and it won't take you weeks to see if it's working or not, not when you're putting that much fruit and vegetables into your system. Balanceofnature.com, discount code BALANCE. Ben Dominich, I love Ben Dominich. I really do. I think he's fantastic. Uh, he highlighted a poll today I don't think I otherwise would have seen, and I bet you otherwise won't hear about. Quinnipiac University, Okay. Not Rasmussen, Quinnipiac, Quinnipiac University. Joe Biden has a 26% approval rating among Hispanics. Guess what? That's lower, lower than his approval rating among whites. Think about that. White approval rating for Joe Biden, 31%. Hispanics, 26%. Ben Dominic, uh writes that um, it's, if we seize the opportunity, we could have that voting block be Republican now. And we'll give you a minute, he writes, to think about what you did to make this happen. He says, is it difficult? Let me help. Maybe when you made everything about an open border, you were listening to white liberals instead of families and workers. Maybe when you dissed aging Christians for clinging to guns and religion, you didn't realize you were talking about our parents. Maybe when you turned Planned Parenthood into a political holy priesthood, unassailable and unquestionable, you left us behind. Maybe you, should have, maybe you should have said Latinx and democratic socialism less and faith, family, neighborhood, work, peace, freedom more. Hispanics are Republicans now not because the GOP did such a great job. It's because Democrats are a party run by Ivy League idiots with Ivy League values. Exactly right. That's part of that plural ignorance I was talking about earlier. Don't for a moment think that the Ivy League values or the media, corporate media's values or the elite culture's values or the corporation's values are the rest of Americans' values. Don't for a moment think that. They want you to think that. Don't give in. I'm Seth Liebson. We'll be right back.